Welcome to Mysterious Goings On, the podcast about creativity, writing, and mystery. Every week, we talk about all kinds of great fiction and meet the people who write it. We also feature explorations about creativity in all walks of life. Your host, Alex Greenwood, will join you right after this. Ah, the season of giving is almost upon us, and nothing speaks to the holiday spirit quite like the written word. Mysterious, suspenseful, and sometimes downright thrilling. If you're a faithful listener of Mysterious Goings On, and I have to assume you are because you're listening to my voice right as we speak, we've cooked up something special just for you, so grab a cup of hot cocoa or some cider, tune in and listen up. We're doing a holiday book giveaway. We're giving away a collection of riveting books that have one thing in common. They've been featured on your favorite podcast, Mysterious Goings On. And because we love our listeners, there's a cherry on top. There's even going to be autograph books by yours truly, J. Alexander Greenwood. This is your chance to score some great books for the readers on your holiday season list. So here's how you do it. It's very simple. Go over to jalexandergreenwood.com. That's the home of my work in the John Pilot Mysteries and all my other books and writings. And join our email list. You just go to the homepage, scroll down, you'll see a place where you can enter your email. Then once you get the email in your inbox, you have to verify it. And boom, you're in, right? Trust me, your inbox won't regret it. You will only get periodic emails. I won't be bothering you every day. That's so obnoxious. It'll just be to let you know whenever we have a new post on the uh, blog for the site or if we have special announcements. And of course, we also have giveaways and discounts that are available only to people who subscribe to the list. Sign up there, or if you're already signed up there, you're already in for a chance to win. Hey, do you want to up the odds? You can earn extra entries by sharing our social media posts about the giveaway. Each shares an additional roll of the dice in your favor. So even if you win the grand prize, let's say, you're still up to win another prize pack. So we're giving away several. So this is kind of a cool thing. All you have to do is screenshot your share and send it to me, alex at alexgpr.com. It's that simple. Just screenshot it, say, here's an additional entry for you, Alex. I shared this on my Facebook, or I shared this on Insta, or I shared this on Twitter, wherever you want to share it. Okay, here are the things. The dates to remember, you got to mark your calendar now. This giveaway kicks off on November 1 and runs until December 7th, 2023. And here's what you can win. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have three different prize packs. Okay, second runner-up scores one book by featured author and one book autographed by me. The first runner-up takes home two books by featured authors on the show and one autographed book by me. And the grand prize winner receives three books by authors who've been featured on Mysterious Goings On plus one autographed book from me, J. Alexander Greenwood. I mean, think about this. There is enough there for you to, to give away uh, all of these and make so many people happy, or you can just, uh, you know, hoard them for your own self. And uh, who will know and who will blame you if you do? Okay, what's the fine print? Well, unfortunately, we can only ship to addresses within the United States. To our international listeners, we promise we're working on ways to include you in the future. I could probably swing a thing where I can give away a free copy of one of my books on ebook. If you're part of this mailing list, you will be notified when those books are made free on Amazon.com, and you can just go get them. So there you go. 
And that's it, folks. It's a giveaway that's as simple as it is rewarding. Join us in celebrating not just the mystery genre and the thriller genre and the suspense genre and more, but the spirit of the season. And don't wait. These books won't read themselves. And in the world of mysterious goings-on, you never really know what's around the next page. Good luck, and as always, keep listening and keep reading. Today we're venturing into the transformative world of art and humanitarianism with Valerie Wan Lee. She is the founder of World Citizen Artist. Now, Valerie isn't just setting the stage for emerging artists. She's rewriting the playbook, turning creative expression into a force for good. World Citizen Artists, WCA, has blazed a trail in the art world with the launch of the first global online award that gives artists the opportunity to champion humanitarian causes through their work and action. This visionary approach inspired a movement of socially engaged artists from around the world and ushered in a new era in the art world. Through prestigious partnerships with organizations such as the Belgravia Gallery in the United Kingdom, which has exhibited works by Nelson Mandela, His Majesty King Charles III, and Andy Warhol, WCA has attracted emerging and established artists worldwide. Valerie's commitment to inspiring and empowering communities and youth to create positive changes rooted in her global upbringing. She has lived and traveled extensively abroad for more than 20 years, working with more than 100 nationalities and volunteering for various educational and sustainability projects, including the United Nations, Amnesty International, Pasteur Institute, and the Marie Curie Institute. As an artist, Valerie has showcased her talents in several exhibitions and has explored how art can affect positive change. Her work at WCA has inspired and empowered so many students, artists, and communities. She uses her experiences and passions for contributing to a better world to inspire and empower the next generation of humanitarians, creatives, and leaders. So today we're going to dive into the impact of, hey, creativity. This is the podcast about creative and uh, creativity, writing, and mystery. And we're going to talk about it today with Valerie. I'm so glad to have you back. I actually interviewed Valerie on our sister show, PR After Hours, a few years ago, and she is a delight. And when I found out what was going on in her in her world, I had to get her back. Valerie, welcome back. Uh, to, to, it's so good to see you. Hi, and thank you very much for having me back again. And it, it's really a honor to always uh, have a, a good conversation with you. Oh, I always enjoy speaking with you, and I've been following what's been going on with you. I follow you on LinkedIn, and uh, I like to dip into your world. You you live and lead such an exciting, creative life. Um, and uh, WCA is just powerful, powerful idea. And uh, so... I wanted to ask you about that uh, in general, of course. What is your strategy, though, for engaging both emerging and established artists? How do you go about it? Uh, oh, God, that's a good question. I think it's uh, to focus on the mission rather than focusing on the status, whether someone is doing, um, is, whether someone is famous or, or emerging artist or it, it's really more about the mission and how impactful the mission is. And sometimes uh, you can see, for example, a celebrity who will try to make an impact and and sometimes make less impact than someone who is just getting started but really um, understand the, the topic or the, 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 the social issue. Um, so for, from experience, it's not really about 
being an emerging or established artist in terms of uh, using creativity to promote uh, humanitarian issues. It's more about understanding uh, the issues that needs to be addressed. Give us, just to give everybody a, a proper understanding, how about giving us an example of of something that's been that you're doing right now, an issue that you're working on with artists that just give us a, a feel for how this looks and how it works. Well, for, for example, I've been, um, well, my organization has been um, awarding a project uh, that's a couple of years ago. They, they're working in a garbage dump. They, they pick up uh, garbage, garbage uh, items. So, Teens, uh, anything that they can find, and they construct instruments with it, and from these instruments they make music, and they are now uh, touring all around the world, and even for UNESCO, and and they've, they've even uh, made concert, they've even had concerts uh, with Megadeth, for example, um, and. Uh, just out of the garbage dump, they managed to make a difference in the music world uh, by just making tools out of uh, anything they could, ma making instruments out of any tools they could find, um, which I think is a lot more powerful than um, some established artists who might just, you know, speak about a topic because what, what they're doing is really, the action they, they they're doing it, and and they're really starting from nothing. It doesn't require a budget to go in the garbage dump, pick up um, uh, material, and make the tools, make make the instruments, um, and and that has touched uh, even celebrities. Uh, we've been speaking with Dave Ellefson, for example, from Megadeth, um, who has gone all the way to Paraguay to meet them. Uh, and to see how how they work, and then he invited them on tour um, to to tour with them uh, in 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 their huge concerts. So so that's I think the kind of impact that can be made from any level. And it's not this is not really about reputation. It's about what you can the the, the most you can do with the little you have. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It, well, to, to, so literally going to the garbage dump, garbage dump and picking up um, stuff, just refuse, things that have been discarded, thrown away, not wanted, um, and then creating a musical instrument basically with, with these materials, leading to, uh, in a village in Paraguay, leading to Turing with Megadeth, uh, so to speak. I mean, that's, that's that's outrageous. That's crazy. In such a good, wonderful way. Uh, you started saying Megadeth, and I was like, she's not saying Megadeth. She's not really saying Megadeth, really. <laughs> uh, so, did you have you met uh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth? Did you meet him, or did you go? Or did you see any of these concerts? So uh, we've met uh, Dave Ellefson, uh, who is one of the guitarists of Megadeth. Uh, we've met him uh, online, like uh, via a Skype call. Um, and so we had a, a great chance uh, to good amount of times where to speak with him and and get his feedback on on the project that was happening in uh, in the garbage dump in uh, Paraguay. Um, 
And I think they might still be touring together. I don't know. I haven't followed up uh, since, but it's it's been an amazing opportunity for sure. It, it uh, that just blows me away. I, I I now I'm going. I'm just thinking. I've got to see and hear this. And there, I I hope there's some YouTube somewhere I can find to see some of this. I don't know. Maybe the, is there? Um, yes, I'll look for it. You can find so there are some videos. There's been documentaries made by uh, Landfill Harmonic. Um, and or you can also search on Katora Project. I will send uh, the links that can be added to this podcast if, if you wish to. Oh, yes, um, yes, yeah. And we've also made some interviews with uh, the founder of, of the project who is uh, who is now um, who has now grown with uh, involving a lot of children of the area to to perform music with these instruments. What, um, to your knowledge, just just working off this one example, just a little bit longer, if we could, is um, has there been any specific um, positive change from the from the kids involved directly? Do, what do they say about about being involved in this? Do, I can only imagine when you come from very humble place and you through your creativity, through the force of your creativity you are on the world stage i i just how empowering that must be and how how uplifting that must be for these kids i think um well for their community i can't speak with them but from the experience i have for myself volunteering in in projects like this um i think it's hope uh it shows that anything is possible uh, from anywhere, like it's you don't have to be born in in the at the top level to to do amazing things. Of course, it helps if you're if you're born in wealth, and you know. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you're going to to impact people, actually. Um, and I think the impact really is more on the people outside these communities. Because um, in some ways, uh, we've had artists in our communities, when they've seen that, they realize, God, I could do better. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a motivation to, to, to do better and to help these communities as well. So it, it, it unites, in a way, this creativity unites uh, emerging artists and established artists. And... And all the people in between who need the help and and need the creativity to help them uh, make a call. Is um, uh, do, does your organization work with any governments specifically? Uh, do you attempt to to involve governments, or is it strictly you work independent of governments and work directly through more more humanitarian and artistic channels? So we ran for nine years, so now we have um, put a pause. I'm not saying fully closed down because we have a lot of people who ask if we are going to reopen. Um, but we have put a pause. Uh, we don't work, uh, we're, we're completely non-governmental. Uh, we, don't, we don't work with governments. We have worked uh, with uh, large organizations, private and public sector. Um, but where we we work mainly with individuals like artists or 
for uh, galleries as well um, and uh, projects, humanitarian projects who need artists or artists who are looking for humanitarian projects. So we've we've acted as a messenger in a way for for both sides. Gotcha. Now you you actually produce albums, right? No, we don't. We 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 did um we did make some albums with artists who sent us uh their music, and gotcha. we selected a few competitions that we did. So we we did a uh, um a few competitions, uh like for example, uh, compete for peace, not war. So artists had to send us uh music that encourages people to promote peace. Um, and then the selected songs were put into a World Citizen Artist album, uh, but we did not produce the, the songs. So yeah, I mean, you didn't actually produce them, but you've compiled. Yeah, because yeah, on your website there, you can go listen. There's a SoundCloud you can click on for World Citizen Artists, um, which I just love that. The, the album, there's that, and it's got a number of songs. That's just wonderful. Looks to be about like three volumes. So it's wonderful, though, that you can pull that together and let people experience that. Do you think that, that and the reason I asked that question is when we talked a little bit about first world, I, 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 know, I know people don't love to hear first world, second world, you know, that kind of thing. But just to, for, you know, for shorthand's sake, we'll say that for now. Um, do you think, though, that people, I mean, we live in the first world here, so to speak. We live in the very high, compared to most countries, we both live in areas that are very high economically and, and powerful. Do you do you think that that we, as a society in general, don't know enough about music and, and art and creativity from, uh, from these other nations? Do you think we're isolated? And, and, and if so... How does an organization like yours kind of break the ice, so to speak? Um, I think that uh, for when I started, the issue I had was uh, I had traveled for over 16 years back then, and I had done humanitarian work in various countries and in some of the most extreme poor areas. Um and I was also an artist before I started uh, WCA. And the issue I had, and that's why I built WCA, is uh, when I was in the humanitarian world, uh, I did not meet many people who had that passion for art and music. Uh, there were some people, but it wasn't the drive. Um, and when I was in the artistic world, uh, there were a lot of artists who are interested in humanitarian issues, but they're not passionate as, um, I mean, some are, of course, but not everyone is. Uh, and, and most of them are more focused on their art than the humanitarian issues. So I think both worlds can really help each other. And 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 the thing is, with uh, art and music, you need emotion to create something powerful. Um, and if you, if you think about the, the, the greatest songs, like, I don't know, Bob Marley Redemption Song, for example, yeah. or yeah. any any music like this has a lot of power, but that's also because it touches uh, global issues uh, that have been here for, uh, 
thousand or millions of years <laughs> uh these, these issues have always been here and 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 the issues we we're exploring in society today are not new we feel it's accelerating because of technology but they're not new there's always there, there's always been poverty uh the climate change is probably the newest uh, um issue and it's still it's an old issue but um but it's probably the issue we talk more and more about but there's there's always been humanitarian issues and and art and music when you think of what remains in history it's often um pieces or songs that uh touch something more global something more than you know just boy loves girl or girl loves boy <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> right. a lot more bigger than that um and and i i think it's um it's not a, a a lack of knowing music and art but it's more the promotion of education that can be made through arts and music that makes sense and you know it it's hard to talk about this right now. We're recording this in the middle of October, 2023. It's hard to talk about this and not talk about what's happening with Hamas and Israel. I I have a friend who, um, uh, through dance, she, she for, went to Israel and brought certain dance there and worked with those kids. Um, and, um, and she said she, you know, she saw real, there was real value in it the sharing of cult, the cultural identity sharing and, and those things. Um, I just wonder when you look at something so fractured, well, fracture is not even the word that so, so obliterated as the relationship between, um, you know, the Palestinian movement and Israel, is it something, do you think art can ever, ever help forge a bond that can, that could get through to peace? Do you, or do you, do you look at things like that and say, there's just some things that even, even what we're doing is 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 not going to pay off. Or am I being just way too cynical, Valerie? Let me know. But tell me what you think. Well, I think if if from the very young age, you know, when when we are at kindergarten, we start to do art, for example. If if this was uh, a lot stronger in terms of the education, that would definitely help people uh, to come together. Will it change politics? Politics. It can influence through through time. I believe that um, there's always some people who you know come with a, a better agenda in terms of peace uh, because of the experiences they had in life. So art and music can be a part of the education. And for example, I don't know kids who don't have interest in learning history or geography may find might find this in interest through art and music and and want to learn more because they hear about a country or they hear about a certain issue. So, yes, I think it can contribute uh, to peace. Uh, another example as well is that World Student Artists, when we just started, um, we had to put ethos and, and thank God I had uh, a great advisor uh, who had been advising our corporations and and governments before, so she understood the traps uh, I, I could run into. And and at the time we started, it was in 2014, so there wasn't any other organizations uh, online 
mixing. Uh, there were a few like Amnesty International, and but there, there wasn't anything like us that was taking the risk really to <laughs> bring everyone and everything together. Right. Um, and and I was a little bit blind initially, so my advisor said, "You're going to need ethos." Um, to make sure that uh, people follow a certain line of ethos uh, so you don't run into huge issues. So we've, we've put some ethos, for example, um, that uh, to, to, to not um, promote hardly a religion or, or a political agenda, for example, which, right. which is often the, the main reason why people start to fight on social media. Um, yeah, and uh, so we we did put these ethos, and what was amazing is uh, over time we did see people from Muslim religion and people from Jewish religion communicating with each other through us. I mean, I remember once seeing a comment that's a long time ago, but seeing a comment about uh, an article we had put about peace. It was. A, piece of art, I can't exactly remember it's ages ago, but um, I think it was an Israeli person who wrote first, and then the, 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 the other person, the Muslim person replied, or the other way around, but it was really impressive to see that both sides were communicating with each other about a piece of art without mentioning religion or politics, and, and I thought that was a very powerful moment when we realized that, yes, art can uh, make an impact in terms of how people behave with each other. So again, it doesn't mean that uh, politically things are art can change everything because it, it's what's going on at the moment. Uh, I wouldn't think where citizen artists can change it today. That that's the reality. Um, but I think it can contribute to giving an example of what the world could be. And, I agree. And hopefully one day more people will. And the world has got better in a way, despite what's getting worse. There, are, If you look at, at the Middle Age, for example, there, there's a lot of things in our Western world that we're going on that <laughs> have, um, have changed uh, in terms of, for example, uh, the, the women's rights or... Uh, there's a lot of things that have evolved since, and, and art has been a part of it. Uh, writers have been writing plays about um, about some society, society situations, and so so there is, I think, a big role of art, but it's slower than a sudden political decision. You know, yeah, and I agree. And here. Of course, United States. I think we're we're terribly spoiled in a lot of ways. And uh, I was going to suggest that you know it's it's interesting. Like I was going to make a, a broad statement. So you know, I to even two people on different sides of the political aisle here could see. I'll just like a, a blockbuster movie, right? Uh, uh, the Avengers type movies, or a, you know, a Star Wars movie, or whatever. And they could agree on one thing at least: is that's a good movie or not? You know. Um, but then again, I realize now we're so fractured here that now they have to argue about how woke is this film or how, you know, what is the secret message here, you know? And it, it's it's scary to me when art then becomes a cudgel, becomes a bit of a weapon to use in an argument. And um, yeah, I, 
that's got to be just something that happens here. Am I wrong? Where, where does, does this happen everywhere? Do you see this where art becomes weaponized? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, but I think it's always been as well. Um, it's just that now there is more rights to do and maybe people are going a bit too far sometimes with those rights. Um, but again, then the, the problem is not really the art, it's the human being using it. Mm, it is. So, so I think whatever tool you're going to give a human being, <laughs> whether, I, I, I mean, at the moment, the big question is AI, for example. So a lot of artists who, who are upset about AI, and I can understand why. Uh, but there's also how will AI be used and how how it will be restricted as well. There's many questions, but at the end of the day, it comes down again to how humans will be behaving with whichever tool they are given. So art is a tool. It's, 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 it's one more tool. Yeah, it it is. It is. And as somebody who writes books, I understand that too. Uh, you know, um, it's the things that delight me about being an author are that um, two two people have wildly different ideas of what the book was about sometimes, but they were both entertained, which makes me happy. Um, so they could both argue about in a coffee shop if they cared to to talk about my book and say, well, no, he was trying to say this or this really is what happened. You know, that would that brings me joy. It's just as long as it doesn't come to fisticuffs where I don't want them to fight about it. You know, not that they wouldn't mind, but some people get into fights about silly stuff about art. But um, but as you said, that's a human thing. It's not an art thing, really. It's just humans find things to fight about in the time we've got left. I, I've got a couple of more questions for you. If you got if you got a moment. Um, sure. What in what advice in general, as an artist yourself, what advice in general do you have for young creatives who aspire to make a difference? Um, educate yourself. Uh, it's good to be creative, but the message you put through your creativity is very important. And there are many artists who want to put a message through, but by not having the full education about a humanitarian issue, they might drive people in the wrong direction. So that's what we, we were discussing. So having creativity is a very powerful tool to have, but it's how you use it that will make a positive or negative difference. And I would say don't underestimate your power because some people uh, created a bunch of art or music thinking nobody cares anyway so I can tell whatever <laughs> I want but sometimes one person passes away and then suddenly it all becomes um, the, the music becomes a, a legendary song or, so so always be aware of the impact you, you may have uh, through your creativity because creativity is power that's it's so true. Uh, uh, nothing, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. What what you do, that's, there's there's cause and effect for what you put out there and how you do it. Um, how can people uh, learn more about WCA and how can we help WCA? Um, so they can learn through the website, worldcitizenartist.org or Google Us. Um, and how to help? Well, as an organization, we don't really need the help anymore because we, we are more a legacy now. Than an organization. 
but uh, the way to help is uh, support the artists uh, that we have supported because the reason why we supported them is because we researched them. Uh, we we have checked their ethics. We have checked a lot of things about them. So so we've done a big part of the work for you already. <laughs> so <laughs> feel free to check them out and and support them and uh, spread spread the message. And of course, if you want me, for example, to do a podcast or a talk, I'm always uh, happy to to do this if it can make a difference. So I'm doing some talks, for example, at the end of this month, I'm going to do a talk at the Bristol University. Um, so I'm trying to keep spreading the legacy because the, the goal is not to succeed as an organization. The organizations, there are plenty now who are doing what we're doing. And that's amazing because at least it means we were on the right path when we started. And, and that's what was needed for the world. But uh, our goal is not to compete with other organizations uh, that are doing great things. Our goal is to make sure that there will be more and more organizations and artists spreading uh, good messages for the world. So, so our work as an organization is done, which is why we have closed the WCA. So we, we prefer to, to have the right model so other people can come to our website and see what we've done and try to do the same thing. Um, so now now the message is uh, it's it's up to the youth now to continue what we started um, in order to help us. The best way to help us is please continue what we started because I'm getting old and tired. And <laughs> And so a lot of the students we worked with are now having uh, to work to get paid as well because nobody can be a volunteer forever. Uh, and now we rely on the next generations to, to take over and build more organizations and build more, uh, support more artists to spread good messages. Uh, Valerie Wanley is the founder of World Citizen Artists, and as she just expressed, they were a spark for this kind of initiative uh, with uh, art and humanitarianism um, across the globe. And uh, this is, again, not the first time I've spoken with Valerie. You can uh, get a link in the show notes as to our first conversation about something almost completely different, but it's still Valerie and me chatting, and I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> so check your show notes at mgopod.com, and there'll be a link, of course, to World Citizen Artists. Valerie, um, Always a delight. It's 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 a privilege to speak with you. All this wonderful work you did, and what I think is really admirable about it is, is you you started it and you created this magnificent thing, and then you said, you know, my work here is done. Other other people can can take the baton and go from here. And now you're on the sidelines cheering, but doing not just on the sidelines as in doing nothing. You're not that old and tired. Don't tell me that. Um, <laughs> but you're not having to do it all. And I think I think that a lot of organizations could also learn from that construct as well. It's like, you know what? Maybe, maybe your time is done and you hand it off to some other organizations and you've done that. And uh, again, uh, thanks for sharing more about this, Valerie. I really appreciate it. And I hope to see you again sometime. Thank you for allowing me to, to share. This is uh, important that I can spread the message. And thank you so much for giving me that time. Hey there, Kansas City. Now let me ask you something. How does a magical winter wonderland sound to you this holiday season? 
Picture twinkling lights and soothing holiday music, and yes, even a chance to meet the jolly man himself, Santa Claus. Well, this isn't some far-off dream. It's happening right in your own backyard at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival grounds. That's right, we're transforming Canterbury into a holiday haven you won't want to miss. Visit CaseyRenFest.com for all the merry details about Nights of Lights. And there's more. Starting November 22nd through December 15th, your friends here at Mysterious Goings On are giving you a chance to win tickets to this enchanting experience. Entering is a breeze. Just email your name and phone number to me, Alex. It's alex at alexgpr.com. What are you waiting for? Let's make this a holiday season to remember. Again, remember, for more information, make sure you visit kcrenfest.com. Wishing you holidays that are merry and bright at the Knights of Lights. Hey there, listeners. Alex Greenwood here. You know, one thing I love about hosting Mysterious Goings On is I get to ask the questions I'd want answered if I wasn't the host. That's the questions I ask. But also, I don't just ask questions. I have a give and take. I have a conversation. And I have it on a pretty good authority that the guests really like that style. Don't believe me? Listen to John Gilstrap, New York Times bestselling author of Blue Fire... Crimson Phoenix, and lots more. You know, I would tell you that I do, I've been doing this for 26 years, so I've, I don't know how many interviews I've done over time, but this, this is my favorite kind. I like having a discussion. Uh, less experienced interviewers have their list of questions, and you answer their question, and if during the course of answering their question you confess to the Kennedy assassination, they won't pursue that because they've got to get on to the next question. You know? I'm, it's question, question seven. Thank you, uh, Mr. Oswald. Yes. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> That's your favorite question, isn't it? Um, that is. That is. There. What can I tell you? Right from the horse's mouth. We have a good time on Mysterious Goings On, and I hope you'll subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you want to learn more, go to mgopod.com. Thanks so much for listening, and of course, keep reading. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast, and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading.